Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, and with this podcast you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice, I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care, and this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Hannah, and Hannah takes us through her two pregnancy and birth stories. In her first pregnancy, Hannah talks about how she remained active and what she was doing in terms of birth preparation. And then she talks us through her waters breaking spontaneously into a hospital birth where she had an episiotomy and Fontus assistance to get her baby into the world. She speaks about it in a really positive way, which I think is super nice. So I know that you're going to enjoy that part of the episode. And then we talked to Hannah about her second pregnancy where, again, she was super active all the way through her pregnancy and she ended up going into labor and planning to have and did have a home birth. So she decided to have a home birth and she did some work in the hypnobirthing space and she did your birth project, which is awesome to hear about. So she talks us through all of that and then into a really beautiful home birth story. So two quite different births, both really positive and I know that you're going to enjoy the episode. So I will let Hannah talk you through it. Enjoy. Hi Hannah, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you for having me. No problem. It's my pleasure. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Sure. So I'm Hannah. I live in Dunedin, sunny Dunedin, Mm -hmm. um, with my husband, Matthew, who's a firefighter. And we've got two beautiful baby boys. Um, Albie, he'll still always be my baby, even though he was two in February. Mm -hmm. And um, Miller, who just turned seven weeks. Um, I didn't go back to work after I had Albie, so I'm officially a stay-at-home mum. And as the accent suggests, I'm from England, but I've been here for nearly 10 years. So the accent's still going strong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Cool. And do you want to take us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys the first time? Sure. So when I was maybe 15 I got diagnosed with endometriosis um, and upon that diagnosis I was sort of questioning whether that was gonna um, make the journey to pregnancy a bit tricky and I was told that I wouldn't really know until we started trying so that was always in the back of my mind I suppose Um, and I've been on various contraceptions like most people I guess for about 
15 years or so. Um, so after we got married in 2016, we, you know, started thinking about having babies and I had the, um, Myrina in, um, and I got that taken out in the end of 2017 and we conceived Albie in 2018. I think it was about the May. Um, yeah we were in the process of buying a house so we sort of had a cut-off date like as soon as the house had gone through then we'd start trying um and yeah we found out we were pregnant a couple of weeks before that date so it was a little bit sooner than we sort of expected but everything with the house all went through um perfectly so yeah a little bit sooner than we'd originally planned but it worked out amazing Yeah. yeah so it was all good yeah awesome cool and do you want to talk us through finding out you were pregnant so did you have many symptoms that made you think you should take a test or yeah what happened there sure so I um my husband and I are quite into like keeping active going to the gym and stuff and I was at the gym one evening and um I felt a really weird like tugging sensation in my lower tummy and Mm. I thought oh my god I've never felt that before like while I was doing an exercise and I was like oh my god I bet I'm pregnant just as soon as I (laughs) felt that I thought that um and I came home that night Matt was on night shift and the whole night I was like oh my god imagine if I'm pregnant like I just couldn't get it out of my head um and so when he came home the next day he was like what's wrong like I obviously looked a bit concerned and I was like I think I'm pregnant and he was like, oh don't be dramatic like we'll just go to the shop we'll get a test like I'm sure that you're not and so got home did the test and I like made him go into the bathroom to look and he came out and he was like oh my god and I was like stop it (laughs) um just I think seeing those two lines in that instant just makes it so real like you know you can never go back you're like oh my god I'm pregnant so um yeah I decided to tell our family back in the UK pretty much straight away um just because we were so excited but Mm. um yeah we waited till 12 weeks to tell um our friends and the whole time before we had our like first scan I was so nervous it was going to be twins because Matt's a twin and my dad's a twin as well Really funny. and so the whole time although Matt was like oh how cool would it be if we had twins and I was like oh reality of having twins (laughs) is scary so (laughs) we were happy when we went to the scan and there was just one baby so (laughs) yeah yeah awesome cool and what were you feeling like in that first trimester so once you sort of found out did you have many symptoms that came on from there and what were those first 12 weeks like yeah just the normal like sickness I felt kind of tired which looking back now that I have a toddler and a tiny baby I sort of (laughs) laughed I thought that was tired yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but no I felt really good like I kept exercising going to the gym um yeah really active and I think that definitely helped actually um I kind of went off food like anything healthy like fruit vegetables didn't interest me I literally just wanted white carbs like plain bread and butter and weirdly plain pasta with like nothing on it literally just plain pasta Mm. um but other than that like pretty much as soon as I hit 12 weeks um yeah I didn't really have any symptoms so I was super lucky um yeah yeah awesome cool and what about the rest of your pregnancy so did you do the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you find out the sex 
So we did all of the standard testing that was offered, but we didn't find out the sex. Um, I absolutely loved not knowing. Like I can completely understand why people find out. Um, But I love surprises. And oh, my God, what a surprise. (laughs) It was. Yeah. um, So but the whole time I was convinced that Albie was going to be a girl, not because I had this like overwhelming, you know, maternal thing that he was going to be a girl. I just really hated saying it about my bump that was the one thing I didn't like about not knowing the sex I was like oh it's moving it's doing this and so I just started saying she and then I was like oh I guess we're having a girl (laughs) and then um yeah so we did definitely get a surprise when he popped out and was a boy um but it was took a bit of getting used to with all of the like testing and stuff because the midwife model here is really different to what I know in England um right yeah. my, my mother-in-law's a midwife and yeah you just like go to the clinic and see whoever um so it was actually really nice that we you know were able to see the same person yeah. the whole time um and yeah just the stuff that they tell you to do or um I don't know like the scans that they do are really different over here so that definitely took some getting used to yeah 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 and did you keep up your um exercise as well throughout the rest of your pregnancy I did so I was actually really lucky other than having a big tummy I pretty much like had no pregnancy symptoms (laughs) like no extra pressure down there or like no shortness of breath like nothing so um yeah I was super lucky that I could keep going pretty much as much as I was going before I was pregnant um and I think because I was doing that before I got pregnant, it wasn't really, yeah. um, you know, like a big deal. Um, yeah, but the looks that people give you when you're still going to the gym and you've got a huge <laughs> tummy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was quite funny. But ironically, my last session at the gym, my coach made everybody strap medicine balls under their shirts with like <laughs> duct tape. And so you should have heard the boys complaining. And I was like, oh, hey, funny. I'm. I'm literally doing this every single time that I come here and in life. Yeah. So no, it was, it was really good. Um, and yeah, in my mind, I was like, I'm doing some good prep for birth and labor by, you know, keeping active and mobile and stuff. So yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. And did you do any antenatal classes or like birth education or did you find any books or anything like that useful in your first pregnancy? So I read the Ina May's Guide to um, Childbirth. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Um, like everybody else, I'm sure. <laughs> and I also read the Mongan Method. Is that oh, what nice. it's called? Yeah. yeah, I found those two really, really helpful. Definitely recommend them to everybody. Um, and we did go to the Parent Centre antenatal class here in Dunedin. Um, I guess as everybody says, it wasn't super helpful for like afterbirth mm. or um something since I've had babies that I find really interesting is like the physiological side of birth so like what actually happens to your body during labor um and I found that yeah like looking back they didn't really touch on that but having said that I've made some absolutely amazing friends through it and it was so nice to have those people especially like not being from Dunedin it was really Mm. nice to get a mum group of friends um and practically all of us now are on to number two so we'll be doing it all again messaging each other in the middle of the night and stuff so um yeah I'm really glad that we went but um yeah I don't know how useful it was overall yeah yeah fair enough yeah 
did you have much of a birth plan or like thoughts on how you wanted this birth to go the first time around? Yeah, uh, I definitely wanted to have the baby in the hospital. We don't have a birth centre or anything in Dunedin, so it was pretty much either a home birth or hospital. Um, And although the idea of a home birth appealed to me, I was just really nervous. Obviously, I'd never done it before, so I didn't know how I was going to cope or anything like that. So, yeah, I talked through everything with my midwife and I really wanted a water birth I was super keen for that um and yeah other than gas and air I didn't really think too much about anything else but I was really open like if I needed anything else um then you know I'd be open to that I had a birth playlist which um I put quite a lot of songs on from we did quite a lot of traveling before we came to New Zealand and so um you know like stuff that was meant something to us I was like I'll get the endorphins flowing and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um and we had heaps of songs that we played at our wedding so that was really important that I wanted that on um you know in the background but other than that I didn't really you know I wasn't like too set on what I wanted Yeah. yeah yeah awesome Cool. And what about preparation for birth? Like, I know there's lots of things people say that they do, but were you doing antenatal expressing or drinking raspberry leaf tea or did you do perennial massage, anything like that? Um, I only, on the first time, I only really had the raspberry leaf tea. I ate lots of dates as well. Um, my midwife, yeah, if you have a look, there's actually quite a lot of stuff about how dates can help. Um, I don't know if it's like bring on labor or I don't know, prepare you for labor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was eating dates, but oh yeah, I wouldn't really recommend that. I don't like <laughs> them. They're horrible. Um, but other than raspberry leaf tea, I wasn't doing too much. Um, just like bouncing on the Swiss ball and stuff. But obviously I'll go into it, but Albie came a little bit early. So I didn't really feel like I had to, um, you know, do too much to like bring labor on. Mm. Um, But yeah, I hadn't really done too much research into like antenatal expressing or perennial massage or anything. So I wasn't doing anything like that the first time around. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And you just mentioned that you went a little bit early. So do you want to take us through your labor starting, how far along you were and then into your birth story? sure the exciting stuff yeah. <laughs> um so I was 39 and four and the whole time in my pregnancy Albie had been sitting really high so you know everyone was like oh your bumps never dropped and like his head was never more than two-fifths engaged mm-hmm. and all of my friends in antenatal were like oh you know baby's like four-fifths engaged I can feel it's dropped and I remember the the night that I went into labor I was at a friend's house and I was like this baby's literally gonna live in me forever <laughs> like I've never I've never had any niggles nothing I've just got a big tummy like no tightenings nothing and um the friend's house who I was at is my neighbor across the road and we'd ordered pizza and I was reaching across the table to grab another piece of pizza and my water's just like popped and most people are like it's not a gush but oh my god mine was like movie style gush Mm. and I was mortified that I was at someone's house on their (laughs) dining chair and I just looked at Matt and I said oh my god Matt my water's just broke and the husband of our friend was like oh my god what and Matt was like we've got to go home the baby's coming and I was like right don't don't be dramatic like let me just go to the bathroom I'm just gonna like you know see what's going on and we'll just go from there so I went to the bathroom and I was like okay yeah I really want to go home this is quite horrible so we were walking across the road and Matt was like wait in antenatal class they told us to like 
check what color the waters are and so it was still like this sounds horrible but it was still like gushing out and he was like looking in the gutter and I was like (laughs) Matt get inside like people are going to be looking stop looking in the gutter at my waters so it was like one of those really funny now looking back but I was like I don't even know what I'm supposed to do like I'm not having any contractions like does it mean that the baby's coming like I literally have no idea so I got out my notes that my lovely midwife had given me and it was like if your waters break ring the midwife so it was a Sunday night and so I rang the backup midwife because my midwife was off and she was like okay can you still feel the baby moving and I was like I can but it just feels a bit different now and I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if that was something because there was no water there or like if something was wrong or I I like had no idea so she said do you want to come into the hospital just so we can double check you know like monitor baby for a little bit so I was like yeah So we did that and she hooked me up to the monitor. You could see that I was having contractions, but I couldn't feel anything. Um, So she sent us home and she just said, just see how you go tonight. And I'll get Jane, who was my midwife, to call you in the morning. So, again, I still wasn't having any contractions or anything by that point. But I woke up at about one o'clock in the morning um, having some really mild contractions. and so my midwife ended up coming around at about nine o'clock that morning um I told her I didn't want her to examine me at that time because I knew that you know I was like nowhere near needing to go to hospital so we just decided to stay at home um I think we watched some movies I tried to eat a little bit and I was hopping in and out of the bath and the shower but super manageable um and then at maybe six o'clock that night, um, she examined me and I was seven centimetres. So she was like, oh, we could mosey down to hospital, um, you know, no need to rush or anything. So we went down to the hospital and it's only like a 10 minute drive from my house. But oh, my God, that car journey was literally the worst thing ever. And. I don't know why, but I didn't think to sit on the back seat so that I could be on all fours. And so every time I had a contraction, I was like to Matt pull over and I took my seatbelt off and I had to like turn around and kneel up and hold on to the headrest. And at one point we pulled up outside a restaurant um, and it was, you know, 7 p.m. or whatever. And all of these people were like looking at me, like <laughs> moaning in the car, holding on to the headrest. Um Yeah. So anyway, that was a bit dramatic. But (laughs) we went up to the maternity ward. And as soon as we walked in the door, I had like the biggest contraction and I was bending over this windowsill and a midwife came out and she was like, do you feel pushy? And I was like, I can't talk. Oh, this is horrible. And then as soon as it was over, I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm so sorry. That was so dramatic. (laughs) She just started (laughs) laughing. Like, it's amazing in between contractions like you feel absolutely fine. Um. Yeah. So anyway, when I got into the room, I asked for some gas and air just because it was, yeah, that was about 7 p.m. And so I'd been having contractions since 1 a.m. So I was kind of over it then. And I absolutely loved the gas and air. I felt like I'd had two bottles of wine. It was the best thing ever. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I got in the water um, at the pool, uh, at the hospital, sorry. And Matt got told to wash his hands um by my midwife she was like do you want to catch the baby okay you better go wash your hands and I was like oh my god this is happening so quickly like the baby's coming and then as soon as I thought that the song that I walked down the aisle came on to um came on our playlist and I was crying and I was like this is so beautiful like everything that I wanted is happening um but then it kind of 
went a bit downhill from there because mm. she kept putting the Doppler in the water. And I think because I hadn't been continuously monitored, baby's heart rate was a little bit low, but she yeah. kept saying she couldn't tell if it had dipped or if it was continuously low just because I hadn't been monitored, you know, continuously. And so she had a couple more listens and she was like, oh, OK, I think it's time that you hop out of the water. Um, and so I did. And she called a doctor in and the doctor said to me, we can take a blood sample from baby's head and check the oxygen levels. I think they do in the blood um, to see if baby's struggling or what's going on. Um, or we can just pop the suction cup on and we'll give you a little cut and baby will be here. And in my head, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to take blood from the baby's head and send it off to a lab or something. And I was <laughs> like, how long is that going to take? Because I specifically remember her just saying, we'll send the sample away. Um, and I thought, oh, my God, no, like, I'm really over this. I just want to meet the baby. Um, but then afterwards, when I said that to my midwife, she was like, oh, no, there's a machine like outside the room that they just pop the sample into and it tells you. And I was like, oh, no, I really wish that I'd known that. But, you know, you're not very level headed and you don't really ask the right questions mm. at the time. So anyway, I was, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm happy for you to do a Vontus. Um So I did a couple of big pushes and out popped Albie um, and he was popped straight up onto my chest and straight away I was like oh my god I need to look what he is you know what the baby is and I lifted up his leg and I looked up to Matt and I was like what the heck it's a boy like I was so surprised um and because my midwife knew that we thought he was going to be a girl she was like does this little boy have a name and I was like yeah Albie and I looked at Matt and I was like you still like that yeah because we just thought that he was a girl the whole time we had one boy name one girl name so that was cool um and then I got him latched on straight away and that was actually really good I was super lucky he was like drinking straight away I didn't really have any problems um at that time but while he was latched on to me they had to stitch me up I think I had four stitches just from the episiotomy and oh my god where they'd like injected the um I don't, like numbing stuff mm. down there to cut you that had started wearing off and oh, oh my no. god it was like literally the worst thing and I just remember thinking can you take this baby off me because like I'm really distressed and I want to mm. enjoy this moment and I just can't because this is so painful um so I handed him over to Matt and he went for some skin to skin um yes. with Matt but yeah oh my god that was honestly like the worst thing out of the whole process mm. um but yeah, I said my midwife said that the um, you know it was as clean as can be and stuff, so that was good. Um, sorry, so I should so just said he was born at twelve minutes past ten, so we got to the hospital at seven. Um, so from you know first baby, I guess, and I only actually needed to do a couple of pushes, so it did happen quite quickly, which I was pretty lucky um, about, yeah. and. I was able to get up and about once um, they'd finished stitching me up and I had managed to have a shower and stuff. Um, and we went into the postnatal ward at about one o'clock in the morning. Um, and Matt was able to stay that first night, which was really good. Um, and yeah, we, we ended up staying two nights. So that first full night and then the next night Matt went home because we've got a dog and, you know, he needed to... Yeah 
make sure she was all good and stuff. And I just wanted to make sure that I had feeding established. And I was just really conscious that like the midwives don't come home with you, you know, from Mm. the hospital. So I just wanted to make sure that we were all set before we went home. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they were really, really nice um, in the hospital. But Dunedin Hospital's in the process of being rebuilt, like we're getting a new hospital down here. So the hospital itself is not very nice. Um, And it was a really weird feeling. I felt like I was like waiting for something, you know, like being in bed. And I was like, I feel fine. And Albie's fine. Um, And so I was really ready to go home. We were sort of like pacing up and down the corridor thinking, (laughs) oh, what do we do now? You know? Um, yes, I was super happy to get home. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and how did you feel at home, I guess, in those first few days? Um, just like life-changing experience, having your new baby there and did you notice your milk coming in and did you notice like a change in your hormones in terms of like the baby blues or anything like that? I, I was actually really lucky. I didn't have any of that. Um, yeah. I felt really, really good. I managed to like get out and about walking a couple of days postpartum. I did find my milk coming in really distressing, if, I, if I'm honest. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone can prepare you for how painful yeah. that is. And like just getting him latched on um, and, you know, you're so like engorged. And yeah. yeah, that was really horrible. And I didn't really know how to like combat that. I was in the shower at three o'clock in the morning trying to like hand express just to take the pressure off. Um, but once it settled down, Albie was like the most amazing feeder and I never got sore nipples or anything like that. So I was super lucky with that. Um, the only thing, he was like the cruisiest baby. I don't know how, like we literally hit the jackpot with him, but he was the most horrific sleeper. Like he used to wake mm. up like 10, 10 times a night or mm. something. Yeah. So I guess I found that quite difficult. Um and no nobody can prepare you for how hard no. that is yeah. um but other than that like it never bothered him he never woke up grumpy or anything like that so that was um a silver lining but yeah I absolutely adore being a mum, and I felt like it was like my calling in life so yeah. um yeah no I, I never had any um any like problems I guess um yeah. another thing I wanted to mention was I was really lucky with breastfeeding in that I never had any issues but because of that I was really keen to just keep him on the breast as much as possible but it came back to bite me because he never took a bottle like literally (laughs) till till he was like one he would just like cry every time he saw a bottle um and so I found that really hard because I felt like I just had to be like chained to him Mm. um those first six months like even leaving the house for an hour I was like am I going to get home and he's going to be screaming you know so that was really difficult um yeah so I was lucky in the sense that I never had any problems but Mm. yeah that was quite difficult that and the no sleep um and I was the first out of my close friends to have a baby so other than the antenatal girls I kind of felt a bit isolated like not going back to work and being at home with a baby all the time and like everyone on you know everyone was really good about coming to visit but it was like they were just coming to visit to see the new baby and Mm. that was it you know um but my mum and dad came out from England when Albie was maybe two weeks old and they stayed for like six weeks so that was super helpful for mum to be 
like cooking for me and stuff mm. um and really nice to have some company when Matt went back to work because I made him take a couple of weeks off and then he yeah. like I remember Albie being a few days old and he was like why am I even at home like I can't do mm. anything and he's super cruisy and I was like yeah I know but I need some company I need to talk so yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and yeah I I went back to the gym when he was about six weeks old which was really good and that was that became my time to you know have some time to myself without baby and not to be Albie's mum to be Hannah again um so yeah that was really nice yeah awesome and what about your birth so how did you feel sort of you know in those postpartum months when you got the chance to reflect on your birth and um how was your actual physical recovery from your birth Physical recovery was really, really good. Um, I I stopped bleeding maybe like a week later or something. So, I was, yeah, I never had any, um, you know, nothing hard after mm. after I'd had him. Um, and I don't know if that was because I was exercising or what, but, yeah, I know yeah. I was really lucky. Um, and, like, looking back on my birth, it definitely wasn't how I wanted it to be, but I'm really comfortable in the decisions that I made. Like, at the time, it was definitely the right thing for me. Like, I was so fed up. I was really tired, and I just mm. wanted to meet the baby. Um, and my darling midwife, she's a lovely lady called Jane down here in Dunedin, and I remember specifically, like, doing a post-birth, like, run through, you know, how how did you feel about everything and stuff, and, like, talking to her about why stuff happened and, yeah. like, why I had to get out of the pool and, like, why at the time that was the best thing to do and stuff. Um, I definitely think that kind of helped because, you know, looking back on birth, it's, like, a bit of a blur and it kind of feels like it didn't actually happen to you, um, a bit of, like, an out-of-body experience, I mm. guess um and yeah so I think that really helped but yeah I'm I'm really happy with how it went in the circumstances yeah 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 yeah. awesome cool and do you want to talk us through I obviously know that you have two children (laughs) so do you want to talk us through um I guess how your journey to pregnancy the second time around happened and maybe before that um if you want to just talk to us about any sort of like relationship changes or shifts that you noticed in that postpartum period and how did you and your husband sort of juggle the um the load I guess between the two of you yeah I think I I don't really think our relationship changed like Matt's absolutely amazing he's the most beautiful husband ever um but I think I'm really lucky in that because he's it is a firefighter he's at home a lot mm-hmm. like with his shifts and stuff so that actually made a massive difference like I think lots of dads don't get it because yeah. they only you know they leave at 7 a.m and they get home at 5 p.m and so they only see like a tiny window mm-hmm. and then at the weekends it's like all the fun stuff yeah I think that he many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
definitely understands what it was like for me every day. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, Albie is a real daddy's boy. So I think mm-hmm. that because he's at home so much, they've got like a really lovely bond and he always goes down to the fire station to see him and stuff, which is mm-hmm. so nice. But I said to Matt, I really need another baby because Albie just doesn't love me. So I need another baby that loves me because, <laughs> um, yeah, Albie just adores his daddy. So we sort of started talking about having another baby um and we were supposed to be going home for my sister's wedding in may of this year but obviously because of covid um that did not happen Mm. so we were like oh well because we're not going back to the uk i guess we should try for another baby um and again we were super lucky like that happened maybe even before we thought it was going to um so yeah I guess it was pretty much the same as the first time around like happened a little bit before we were expecting um and yeah so that's how we fell pregnant with Miller yeah awesome and how were you feeling in this pregnancy was it much different to your first and did you have any um symptoms in that first trimester so at the beginning it was pretty different like I think I was a quite a bit more sick um I don't think I ever actually threw up um or maybe a couple of times I can't really remember (laughs) but yeah way more tired I definitely think that was um because of running around after a toddler um and I don't know most people seem to say that they're a lot more tired and a bit more poorly the second time Mm. so I can definitely relate to that and um yeah just the same like I only wanted really plain foods um and yeah I guess I didn't really have anything other than that I had really low iron I had that with Albie as well and I had that this time around so I just had to keep an eye on that um and the way that I found out that I was pregnant I was at the gym again so that must just be the place that I know that (laughs) I'm pregnant and I was in the middle of a workout and it wasn't like that hard um just sort of normal crossfit hit stuff um and I felt so sick like I literally had to stop in the middle of the workout and I said to Matt I feel so sick like I'm gonna throw up my coach was like you better not be pregnant (laughs) and I said to him if I am this is the first that I know about it but if I am like I wouldn't be surprised just because we weren't being super careful um so a couple and I must have I literally must have been about three weeks when that happened so like super early and I did a test and it came back negative and as soon as I saw that it was negative I like knew that I was pregnant and I I said to myself oh no it's too early like that's why it's negative it's not that I'm not pregnant um and so I waited a couple of days and I did one later um and it came back positive. And I'd always said to Matt, when we find out the second time, do you want me to do it with you? Or do you want me to do it by myself? And I'll do something to like tell you that I'm pregnant. He was like, no, do it by yourself and then do something. So as soon as I saw it was positive again, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to have two babies. Like <laughs> in that instant, your whole life changes, doesn't it? Um and so I went to the warehouse that afternoon with Albie and I bought a plain white t-shirt and I just wrote on the front of it number one big brother (laughs) and when Matt got home from work he like opened the door and he looked at Albie and he looked at me and he was like no 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 and I was like yes so going back for more second time around (laughs) um so yeah that that was pretty cool that's how we um found out but yeah other than the sickness and feeling a bit tired I felt really good so that was good yeah 
Awesome. Yeah. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Um, Did you do the sort of standard testing again? And was this one a secret? And um, yeah, how were you feeling? Yeah, I was I was still feeling really good. Um, again, I was still going to the gym all the time, and yeah. I did not find out the sex this time either. Which it was, <laughs> yeah, I feel really strongly about that. I'm like, if I ever have another baby, we're definitely not finding out. But this time, in my gut, I was like, I know it's a boy. Like I would yeah. bet my life that it was a boy, just because it was super similar to Albie's pregnancy. Like everything yeah. was the same. I was carrying the same, and I just knew that it was a boy um Matt's one of three boys and yeah boys just seem to sort of run rampant in our families so um yeah I knew that it was a boy I had the same midwife yeah I had the same midwife and when we started talking about having a baby I was like the thought of not having her just gave me anxiety because she was so amazing and she absolutely like I absolutely adored her and I know how short staffed they are like how you know there's such a shortage of them so I actually emailed her and I said hey Jane if you'll have me again like we're thinking about having another baby and is there any time next year that you wouldn't be available that we should like try and avoid (laughs) having a baby around looking back it seems so stupid because you can't control these things but she was like no I'm you know as far as I know I'm around the whole time and just as soon as you find out you know like make sure that you send me a text yeah and so literally like three weeks later I was like hey me again we're pregnant (laughs) (laughs) so that was funny um yeah so that that made me feel so much better I just think you know the fact she knew what happened with Albie's birth and she knew Matt and I and you know especially not having any family here she was like my comfort blanket mm. so um yeah no that was all good I but yeah as I said I felt really good so I was lucky yeah awesome yeah cool yeah. and what about birth education this time around so did you choose to do antenatal classes again and um did you do any other sort of educational stuff going into labor and birth I did your birth project, (laughs) which I absolutely loved. Like, honestly, I think I can't thank you enough for that. I think like literally that gave me the confidence to sign up for a home birth. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, No, honestly, it was amazing. And I think surrounding that, I just like once I'd committed to having a home birth, I was like, right, I need to make sure that I absolutely like immerse myself in positive stories. Um, I think that was one thing like our society is so obsessed with bad births. Like when I I was pregnant, people would be like, oh, my God, are you so scared? And I was like, no, not at all. Like, you Mm. know, I fully trust my body. And even after I had Albie, I remember, I can't remember, I was out at a cafe and I saw a lady that I'd seen a few times while I was pregnant. She was like, how was your birth? And I was like, oh my God, it was so good. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. And she was like, no, like, you're lying. You're just saying that. (laughs) And I was like, what is this about, you know, this obsession with Mm. horrible births? And so it was really important for me to like, not let that come into my you know birth world if you like yeah. so I was like watching so many YouTube I'm I'm pretty sure that I watched every single home birth <laughs> water birth um yeah. video on YouTube and yeah I went back and I read Ina May's guide again um I listened to um obviously your um podcast but I went through like the Australian birth yeah nice. stories podcast and I picked like all the hypnobirthing home birth ones yeah um just to make sure that everything that I was listening to like reinforced what I was thinking. Yeah. 
um I made sure that I like practiced my breathing like every night I would put on some hypnobirthing tracks um and you know look through my affirmations and stuff like I really felt it was really important for me to be in the right mindset Mm. um don't get me wrong there was a couple of times like when I was maybe 36 37 weeks and I went to see Jane she was like how are you feeling about everything and I gave her the biggest hug and I was like I'm just really scared like you know I'm just scared because I've signed up to do it with nothing like Mm. I loved the gas and air last time and like that's not an option I'm just really scared and she said the best thing she said you would feel like this whether you were having a home birth whether you were booked in for a cesarean like it's just the unknown and I was really thankful that she said that because I actually think that's so true like no matter how you're birthing there's always going to be this element of Mm. you know questioning I suppose or just yeah so um but I just made sure that I kind of kept that in check and if I was feeling those feelings I'd just talk about them um yeah so I think I Matt probably was driven insane with me being like I just listened to this hypnobirthing track or like (laughs) I just listened to this podcast and this happened to this lady um but no I definitely like leading up to it I felt so good I hired a birth pool I got a tens machine um yeah I was like really looking forward to it so yeah I felt really good going into it yeah awesome cool and did you do like a birth plan I know that you said you have it you wanted to have a home birth and um so that sort of rules out the pain relief and that sort of stuff but did you definitely want to have a water birth or were you sort of open to where at home you gave birth or what were your thoughts there so I should have said actually one of the other reasons that we really wanted to have a home birth was because of Albie like us Matt's from the UK as well and us like not having any family here we like we've got a couple of really good friends but nobody that I would be comfortable ringing in the night and saying hey can you come and get Albie and so obviously we had you know plan B of people that um you know could come and take him if I did have to go to hospital but that was a huge factor um and so we we had a couple of practice runs with the birth pool just blowing it up in the lounge and I had um above where the birth pool was going to be I had all my affirmations on the wall so that I could look at them while I was in the pool um we had like fairy lights up and we had the same birth playlist um but yeah I think it was I was quite conscious that statistically most people go into labor at night so I just said to Matt make sure that the rooms you know dimly lit with the fairy lights on and just like some music on the tv and stuff um but yeah, I definitely wanted to have um, the baby in the water because I didn't get to have that with Albie and I just really wanted to experience that. So um, yeah, my midwife's really on board with that. She loves doing home births and it's sort of, I guess, her speciality. So I felt really comfortable um, with that. And I should have mentioned as well, I had a student midwife with um, Jane at Albie's birth and I nice. had a lovely student midwife this time around as well, which was yeah. amazing. So yeah cool and what about your preparation for birth so I know that you said you didn't do too much in the way of like antenatal expressing or anything last time but did you Mm -hmm. look into that this time and did you do anything else um in preparation for birth 
so I was doing the raspberry leaf tea. I didn't like the taste of it. So I put it in with like some other fruit tea bag. I don't know yeah. why I didn't do that the first time around. That sort of helped um, again with the dates. I had to hold my nose while I was eating them so I couldn't <laughs> taste them because they were horrible. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I might as well, you know, like I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I might as well. Um, I was still going to the gym up until I think I was like 38 weeks with both of my pregnancies. So, um, yeah, again, I was lucky that I could do that um I did do perennial massage a couple of times but I kept thinking am I doing it right like it just felt mm. a bit sort of weird and I I think it's one of those things that you really have to commit to yeah. um and I just like didn't so I can't really claim that I did, did it very often it was a couple yeah. of times and then I was like oh I don't know if it'll make a difference so I'll just stop um but I didn't do any antenatal expressing either no so yeah, yeah not too much not too awesome. much Cool. Yeah. And do you want to talk us through this labour? Was it spontaneous and how far along were you? And then into your birth story. Sure. So um, because I had Albie um, like 39 and a few days, the whole time I was like, oh, second baby, like going to be even earlier. So from <laughs> like 38 weeks, the whole time I was like, oh, you know, it could be any day now. Yeah. Um, but the same thing happened with Miller that had happened with Albie. Like he was super high up, never more than two fifths engaged, never felt like I was going to give birth. And I went to see my midwife at 40 and one. Um, so, yeah, my due date came and went and I was like to Matt, oh, my God, I've never experienced this. Like what is happening? And I, I, I feel like I can't really say I got fed up because, you know, some people I know go like two weeks over their due date. But <laughs> I really was getting fed up. Like I really got into my head, like, why is this baby not coming? Yeah. Um. So at 40 and one, I talked to Jane about that and she offered me a stretch and sweep and everything that I'd looked into around stretch and sweeps. It was like, if baby's ready, then it helps. And if baby's not ready, it won't do anything. So in yeah. my mind, even though I didn't want any interventions with regards to my birth, I was like, well, I might as well just try it if baby's sort of ready to come um so I had a stretch and sweep which actually was like absolutely fine I'd hurt you know some people I know it's like super uncomfortable and stuff but it was just like you know it was like getting a smear or something like not exactly pleasant but it didn't mm. hurt or anything um and as soon as I left that appointment we were taking Albie to leap which is like the trampoline park so <laughs> I was like not bouncing but I was like running on the trampolines <laughs> and stuff and I was like to Matt oh my god I need to go to the toilet and I went to the bathroom and I'd lost my plug so I came <laughs> back and I was like oh the stretch and sweep obviously worked yeah. <laughs> so that was like half an hour later so that was good um and I started like my belly started tightening which I never had with Albie um and that was the most that anything had ever happened so I thought oh you know this is good like something's happening I didn't get too excited, but I went to bed that night and I woke up about half past 11 with like light period pains. And I was like, OK, something's happening, but I won't get excited. We'll just, you know, wait and see what happens. So I went back to sleep and at maybe one o'clock I couldn't lie still anymore. Like, you know, I was like tossing and turning yeah. and it was getting quite uncomfortable. And I'd hired a TENS machine and everything that I'd seen or read said that you should try and put the TENS machine on as early as possible just mm. so that you can like build up the resilience I guess to it um so I said to Matt can you help me put the tens machine on my back and then bless him he was like should I blow up the pool like should we start filling it up <laughs> and I was like I don't want to get ahead of myself but you know because I'd never had any Braxton Hicks or anything I was pretty confident that like something was happening yeah um and so at maybe one o'clock in the morning um we went into the lounge and um 
it was funny because the whole time when I was preparing, you know, I was like listening to all the affirmations and the hypnobirthing tracks and stuff. And then at that time, I was like, I need something on to distract me. And so we put the in-betweeners on, on, on Netflix. <laughs> And I've watched that to death, so I know it off by heart. But it was so good to like have that in the background, just yeah. like a distraction. And, you know, when I wasn't having contractions, I was laughing and I was like, oh, this is really good from, you know, to get the endorphins going and stuff. Yeah. So I actually found that quite interesting that in the at the time I didn't want to listen to the hypnobirthing tracks or anything like I was still doing the breathing. But it was just good to have something on in the background as a complete distraction. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Um, Matt was blowing up the pool, filling it up and stuff. And I was just like the contractions were coming on pretty thick and fast. By then I had the TENS machine on, which I'm not sure how much it actually helped, but it was just a good distraction. Like every time I was having a contraction, I would turn it up. Um, and we rung my midwife at maybe four o'clock because I was I really didn't want to bother her. I was like, what if I get her around? And she's like, you're not even in labor. But I was pretty <laughs> sure that I was. And I started feeling quite a lot of pressure like down there. Yeah. And so I said to Matt, oh, like, you know, the contractions are pretty close together and I can feel quite a lot of pressure. So I think you should probably ring her. Um And yeah, so they were still super manageable. I just was I was like squatted. So I had my face in the cushions on the couch and I was on my knees, which seems a bit weird, but it kind of worked just taking the pressure off. Um, and so my midwife got here at about five o'clock along with the student midwife and she said do you want me to examine you and I was like no that was really important to me because mm. I just thought if she examines me and tells me I'm four centimeters I'm going to lose the plot so yeah. I just fully trusted what was going on she was really on board with that and she said and a good thing she said was like do you want to put your fingers in and see if you can feel anything so I was like okay so I put my fingers in I was like oh my god I can feel the baby's head <laughs> like it was still quite far up but to me I was like oh my god like it's actually happening you know um and so she said okay well if you can feel the baby's head are you okay for me to just have a quick check and make sure everything's all right there's no lip or anything there so I was like yeah and as she went to give me an examination she like popped my waters or like they just went and thank god she'd been there because as soon as she got there and she saw that I was um kneeling by the couch she was like oh we better put some sheets and stuff under you just in case you know anything happens and thank god she did because a couple of minutes later my waters just gushed all over the <laughs> sheets that she'd put down so I hadn't even thought about that um so that was good and then she said right well if you're feeling pushy and your waters have gone you should probably hop in the pool um so I jumped in the pool and she rung another you know because you have to have two midwives yep. at home birth. so she rung the backup midwife who arrived and she was really nice um I felt heaps of pressure like as soon as I got in the pool and so I was like to Jane I don't really know what to do like do I push now or I don't really know like I don't remember feeling everything mm. like that with Albie and she said if you need to push just go with it like just push and so I was pushing for maybe 10 minutes but I sort of it was weird I felt like I was forcing it like I mm. felt like because I was having heaps of pressure every time I got a contraction I was pushing but like nothing was happening and yeah, I just felt like I was forcing it. So after like 10 minutes, I was like to her, I don't know what to do. Like, why is nothing happening? I feel like it's, you know, it's not working. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm. And she said, okay, either you can stay in the pool. We'll just see how you go for the next kind of, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Obviously, she was monitoring the baby the whole time. Baby was fine. And she said, oh, you can hop out. You can lie on the couch. We'll do a full examination just to see where you're at. And I 
looked at Matt and I said what should I do and he was like what does your gut tell you to do and I was like stay in the pool I don't want to be examined in case you know I'm like not even dilated Mm. or whatever like I could feel the baby's head so I knew that I was you know I was getting there but I just didn't want to start questioning what I was doing yeah so I felt really strongly about that so I stayed in the pool and within maybe five minutes of me making that decision like something just changed like my contractions just fully ramped up and I had this like overwhelming urge to like bear down and just push so when when he came out it turned out that he'd sort of been like his head was a bit crooked so when Mm -hmm. I was pushing it was just like his head was just pushing against the side inside me so I guess once I don't know I changed positions or something it meant that he could shift and come out a bit easier so I definitely felt that shift as soon as like I was changing positions and Mm. stuff so that was good to kind of get an explanation afterwards it wasn't just me like doing something wrong (laughs) um anyway so I was only pushing for about 10 minutes or something and the living room door just like opened and Albie walked in (laughs) and it was like 6 30 in the morning and he was all bleary eyed and all these people in the room and he was like is baby coming and I was like yeah the baby's coming because we talked for ages about how the baby was going to come out of mummy's tummy in the pool and he'd met you know Jane and the student midwife heaps so that was so special like as soon as he walked in I just felt this like rush of love and I was Mm, like oh my god he's gonna watch the baby come and I'm really glad I wasn't like losing the plot or screaming or anything because I really didn't want to scare him but he was like rubbing my arm and he was like go mummy and I was like oh my god I'm gonna lose the plot (laughs) so that was actually so like lovely that he watched his brother be born like I feel really proud that I could give him that um Anyway, so, yeah, uh, I'm rambling, but about 10 minutes after pushing, um, Miller popped out and I lifted him out of the water and I put him on my chest and I just remember looking at Matt and I was crying and I was like, I did it, I did it. Mm. Um, so that was so nice. And I, I, we looked and I was like, it's a boy, of course it's <laughs> a boy. I knew it was a boy. Yeah. Anyway, so once I had him on my chest, um, I was losing quite a lot of blood, like the water kind of, um, yeah, turned quite dark. So um, Jane said that I should probably hop out just so that they could, um, you know, like monitor how much blood I was losing. Um, And so I I lay down on the couch and, or I sat up on the couch, sorry, with Albie on my chest and um, I birthed the placenta. I didn't have the injection or anything. I was able to do that naturally, which was good. Um, And I latched Miller on straight away. So I was really lucky I literally latched him on and he was like gulping the milk. (laughs) I was like, wow, another good feeder. So that was really cool. Um, And when I was looking at him, I was like, wow, he looks massive. When I had Albie, he was seven pounds one and Miller was eight pounds (laughs) eleven. So I'm only five foot one. Um, So to have a big baby and like my bump was no bigger or anything. So that was crazy that he was so much bigger. Yeah. Um, and I did have to have a couple of stitches like internally from where his head was pushing like awkwardly during the birth. Um, and again, it was the whole, like, that was honestly the worst bit about the whole Mm. experience. So I had Miller feeding, which this time actually was quite a good distraction. Like I didn't want to just get him off me straight away. Um, 
but yeah I did have to have a couple of internal stitches afterwards which wasn't very nice but yeah Mm. overall I literally like it was like an absolute dream when people say how was your birth (laughs) it was like amazing and I'm super glad that it all worked out in terms of like I labored overnight while Albie was still in bed and then he could like watch you know Miller be born and stuff so that was really cool and then it fell on his day to go to nursery so Miller was like two hours old and Matt packed him off in the car and he went to nursery and so we were able to have the day at home just the three of us while Matt tidied up the pool and stuff bless him but yeah that was really cool so I'm super happy with how it all went and I feel I I, I kind of don't want to like talk about how amazing it was because I know that not all births are like that but I feel so proud of myself that I was able to have the birth that I wanted um yeah so super chuffed yeah awesome no you should definitely talk about it we need more and more and more of these stories so yeah beautiful I know but people kind of look at you a bit weirdly when they say how was the labor and you're like oh my god it was amazing like I'd do it all again tomorrow they're like what but yeah yeah. yeah, I think doing all of like the work if you like around like mindset and just immersing yourself in these positive stories makes such a difference and I think the more people understand that and the more they talk about it the Mm. more you know that will be the case for lots of other people yeah 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 and how did you find um I guess those first few days and weeks, obviously you don't have to come home from hospital because you've already given birth at home. So how did you adjust mm. to, um, yeah, having a newborn and having a toddler and being a mum of two and recovering from your birth? How was all of that? Definitely. I feel like it took me a little bit longer to feel like myself again. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was because he was a bigger baby or what, but yeah, I definitely think everything was a bit more sort of swollen and I felt a lot more tender mm. um, than I did with Albie. But it was amazing, like, you know, after we'd had Miller and they'd done, you know, the midwives done all the checks and stuff, they left and I was like, oh my God, that just happened. And yeah, we don't have to come home from hospital and I could just go curl up in my own bed with him and stuff. Mm. That was so good. And I really think that that helped me in terms of like being able to take it easy. Um, Albie like absolutely adores Miller. He's such a lovely brother. Mm -hmm. And other than the odd hiccup, he's super gentle and he always wants to help and stuff, which is so nice. And it's made the shift so much easier and yeah dare I say it going from one to two has been so much easier than none to one so if that gives you any comfort (laughs) yeah sweet um I just feel like you kind of know a bit more what you're doing like I'm not googling everything I'm not like watching him breathing and stuff like I just feel way more chilled about everything um he we made sure that we put Miller on the bottle a lot earlier. So he's 10 weeks now. I think we started him on the bottle when he was like four weeks yeah. um, just because of what happened with Albie. So that's been really nice. Like I can express um, and, you know, I can leave him with Matt for a little while mm-hmm. if he needs to um, be left, which is really good. The one thing I have definitely struggled with this time, like emotionally, I guess, is we don't have any family here. My yeah. sister's about to have a baby in like the next few days. Mm-hmm. And, I'm really struggling with like I literally have no idea when anyone's going to meet Miller yeah. um 
like when we're going to see our families again so I think I find that really hard like I want to I want to have that support but we just don't um and so so many people are in a such worse off position but looking back I'm like I can't believe that my mum and dad came out when I had Albie I didn't even really need help but now I have two and I really need some help and you know it's it's that's quite hard and now Matt's back at work and the newborn bubble's kind of been burst and you know you just go back to life but yeah second child he's super cruiser he just kind of goes the flow so yeah we've been really lucky yeah 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 awesome cool and is there anything else that you'd like to share about your story or any of your sort of journey or birth that you haven't covered I I know I keep harping on about it but I think like your mindset has so much to do with it like if you go into birth and you're really scared and you're like it's not going to work out or you know it's going to go horribly it probably will because you've resigned yourself to that Mm. I think people say oh you're so lucky you had a good birth I'm like I don't think that luck had anything to do with it you know I put in the hard work behind the door behind closed doors if you like and made sure that I did everything possible to get the birth that I wanted and the people around me like Matt and my midwife they were all amazing and fully supported that um you know obviously I wouldn't have been stupid about it like if the advice was to go to hospital or what have you then of course I would have but I definitely think that like trusting the process we don't really question our ability to grow a baby and Mm. you know but when it comes to birth like we question everything (laughs) um and so yeah I definitely just think that um trusting the process and you know, like I said, I kind of feel ashamed of the fact that I had a really positive Mm. birth because people don't like to hear that if they haven't. So I think, um, yeah, the more we talk about it, the more we can kind of encourage others to, um, yeah, to have a really positive experience as well. So yeah, yeah, I I really don't think that labour should be feared. It should be like, look, you know, something to look forward to because it's yeah. just the most amazing thing. Um, and yeah, I'd do it all again tomorrow. I'm one of those <laughs> freaks that like loves pregnancy and loves birth and stuff. Yeah. So it makes me really sad that we're sort of having the conversation if Miller will be our last or not, because yeah. yeah, I might never get to experience that again. But yeah, yeah the daily reality of kids is really hard isn't it so yeah yeah, being pregnant and giving birth is the tiniest part of having babies so we'll see watch this space yeah (laughs) awesome well thank you so much Hannah for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I've really loved talking to you and I know that there'll be lots of people out there that really love your episode so thank you Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, thank you for everything that you do. I think you've, yeah, inspired lots and lots of ladies out there. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. I would love to hear your feedback. If you want to send me a message on Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales, or you want to send me an email, kiwibirthtales at gmail.com. Yeah, I would love to hear from you. If you are interested in the Your Birth Project course that Hannah talks about in her episode, then head over to at Your Birth Project on Instagram or www.yourbirthproject.com. Can't wait to bring you another beautiful episode next week. I am looking forward to it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.